Have you ever found yourself with a great idea and you didn't take action? You're going to love this show. In this show, I'm interviewing Ryan Berman. His book, Return on Courage, he researched courageous brands, courageous people, Navy SEALs, astronauts, executives from Apple, the president of Domino's Pizza. Uh, it's got a great, great story to tell about that, but he also has an algorithm to be more courageous, right? He has the steps lined out so you can take action on your ideas. He, you know, the brackets between a coward brand and a courageous brand. Follow him on his podcast, The Courageous Podcast, and he's got a great uh, sock company called Sock Problems. You can sock it to the problems uh, where he uh, has branded socks for social causes. I think you're going to enjoy that, and he has a little bit on that too, so enjoy the show. And the author of Return on Courage, he's going to talk about owning the space in your mind on an important word, courage. And, you know, I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. And welcome, Ryan. Hey, man. How's Hollywood? Hollywood. <laughs> we already went through the process of, you know, I live in Hollywood, but it's not that Hollywood. I live in Hollywood, Florida. So instead of telling people I live in Hollywood now, I just say Miami. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that never prompts a second question, but it's going great. Going great. You're out in San Diego? I am. I'm in San Diego. Yeah, it's a terrible place to be. You know, I guess I'll do it. You had an interesting uh, journey from, you know, advertising creative mind into the human potential space. I think uh, a transformation into, you know, fun, figuring out what I loved most about what I've read so far is the, the algorithm that you have. We teach a lot of algorithms on how to improve. And I think everything that's uh, available to be improved, there's a, someone who did it. And you own that space in my mind and courage. So talk to me a little bit about your journey, how you went from, you know, from college onto the New York advertising space, figuring yourself out, ending up in San Diego writing books. Yeah, first of all, who knows if I figured myself out. You know, I think we're all works in progress, right? So, but, um, you know, I mean, look, I've, I've been really blessed for like the last 20 years to be a compensated observationalist. Like people pay me to hear what's not said and, a lot of clients often, by the time our phone rings there, there's a clarity error. You know, and I think we are going through this time where there's a, a little bit of a clarity epidemic. And we're, mm. when we're not clear, it, it, it fogs our decision-making. Uh, so you do that for 20 years for companies and you see every every type of vertical under the sun. And sometimes, as you know, you're, you're like, oh, wow, this thing that worked over there in apparel would work really well over here in insurance. Why hasn't anybody done that before? You know, and so... Um, 20 years of sort of building that muscle. And to be honest, like I never thought I would land in this arena in San Diego in the courage space. But when I really look back at the choices I've made, you know, even though I didn't see it that way, they were the, the path less traveled. It was courage and action. I didn't call it that. I was just kind of following my curiosity and taking action on those ideas. And so as you stated, I started in New York City, seven years there, a 700-person creative agency, really at the end of the Mad Men era, like I learned from those guys. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Great people to like just listen and watch. And yeah. um, then got my shot to write uh, like my last three or four years in the city. I was re really traveling around the country working for Subway and mm -hmm. Volvo and pharmaceuticals and all sorts of things. And honestly, thought I was done with that business. <laughs> Had moved to California to write movies not live one and um, landed uh, started my first creative agency in 2004 grew it to 70 people and um, I don't know how you feel about this Terrence but like 
when you're in a market like San Diego, that's not exactly like the mecca of creativity. Right. You kind of feel like, uh, I felt like we couldn't be even with LA or New York. We had to try and be better. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was going to go back to their CEO and hire us, <clears throat> like how do like, how are they going to choose us? So I was like, how about I write a book, you know? And like every idea that lights up our team is a courageous idea. Like our mm-hmm. team just will work around the clock if it's actually something that's never been done before. And, um, and by the way, they don't even like working on like below the line collateral, like boring stuff. They right. want to do cool stuff. <laughs> So I had landed on an idea in 2015 called Courage Brands. And I'm like, I don't know what this means, but I really like what it sounds like. And, um, and that really became the beginning of my journey to understand courage. Like, how could you understand what a courage brand is if you don't deconstruct it and really look at courage? And uh, who am I to... To say that the dictionary definition is off, like how presumptuous am I? But when you look at the dictionary definition, it's the ability to do something that frightens one. Right. I don't know anybody really wants to do that. Do, do you want to do that? No, no. <laughs> and so it's a deterrent. I just was like, how do you, how do, how could that be it? Like how, and how is that useful? Where, so I wanted to just come up with a, a utilitarian definition of courage and um, the first six months of what turned out to eventually be my book was really just interviewing what I call the three Bs, mm-hmm. the brave, the bullish, and the brainiac. Mm-hmm. And on the brave, the brave side, Navy SEALs and astronauts and tornado chasers, like how do they do what they do? Why do they do what they do? Um, the bullish side, people at Apple and Google and Method and Harvard, and I was sort of floored that the largest organizations on the planet were also the most agile. You would think it was like the little guy that could pivot, and right. it wasn't that. These big companies were putting resources in place. And then the Brainiac side was like Cambridge PhDs, co-writer of The Secret, clinical psychologists. Um, I went to television radio school in upstate New York, so I had no idea how we were wired, and I wanted to crack us open and figure all that out. And when you take the learnings from those three buckets and you throw it in the soup, I came out the other side with the definition of courage that I think is a bit more useful. And my definition is knowledge plus faith plus action mm-hmm. equals courage. <clears throat> and I mean, you know, like you're that. never going to have every bit of knowledge you need to make a call, which is why we need faith. And then how often have you known the right thing to do and you felt it was the right thing, but you just couldn't pull the trigger. You couldn't take action. So it needs to be all three. Right. So you triangulated. Uh, I think it was Ray Dalio talked about triangulating. He had cancer. And so he had like all kinds of experts telling him what to do. And he says, well, there's all these experts. He had like people that cut cancer out of you, people that radiated out of you, and people that medicated out of you. He says, he met, interviewed them all and triangulated what, what, what the decision was. He thinks it saved his life. So that's interesting that you, obviously, if you're talking about courage, you're going to go talk to the astronauts and the SEALs. But the science of courage and the and the application of um, what's that? What did you call it? The bullish. Yeah, the bullish. The people are just the putting brave, themselves way the out there. And the brainiac. What is the bullish? What, what's that? Bullish, I think, is just more like C-suite vice presidents of companies. Mm-hmm. Those who are not afraid to be proactive. You know, there's this. I mean, even the listener, like this quest to keep your company relevant. Mm-hmm this quest to, to not miss the next wave. And I think what we're seeing with a lot of companies 
that are dying off. And if you look at the data, it's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. You got over half the Fortune 500 since 2000 that are gone, right? So we want to like hold on to the points that we have. And it's like, it's taking us for a ride versus, well, how do we hit the gas versus just hit the brakes right? and and push forward our business? You had had made a comment when I was watching some of your stuff. Uh, You had made a comment that we spend more time keeping our jobs and, and making it to the next review than we do trying to innovate and create new businesses you know yeah it's pretty sad i mean you know look we're not really rewarding our people to be innovative right you're, you're rewarded mm-hmm. a lot of us are rewarded on an annual basis just get to the next review get mm-hmm. your little pay bump you get to stay in your cubicle now we got to stay at home right but like the idea of are we really having the right infrastructure in place to reward innovation and re- reward experimentation, and with that comes some failure, but those are really learning opportunities to pivot the company forward. I didn't see that anywhere. I saw the opposite. I saw lots of companies that were so focused on just what was right in front of their face, and those decisions were pretty much driven by fear, um, reacting to the market versus driving the market forward, and we're afraid to have that conversation even with our team. So. You know, there's a famous proverb that that fear and courage are brothers. Mm. You actually cannot get to the courageous choice without channeling it through fear. But what we do is we suppress that fear versus address it. And mm. so a lot of what I'm trying to do is, especially in the corporate world, is let's be proactive about what could take our business down. Mm-hmm. Let's cannibalize ourselves versus having someone else do that. And that's we got to get our minds right if we're gonna we're gonna go down that path. That's the idea. So you've gone from not necessarily corporate America, but you were advising corporations. Now you are one, you know, your own brand, your own company. What tools or what things that you did in the old world that worked to help you set up this brand, uh, this, this, this movement almost? What, what, I think what? advertising people mm-hmm. get a bad rap because it's like, oh, advertising is a four-letter word for a lot of people now, right? But the beauty of coming out of that arena is that you see so many verticals. Mm. You see so many industries. They're like little short stories. Most people live a novel. Like I know a lot of people in the insurance business might listen to to this. And if you've been in insurance for 30 years, you're reading the same novel. Right. And so where I've been lucky is to, to see lots of little short stories, all these little verticals, and understand these, air quoting, best practices of mm. those arenas, and then be curious about blending and meshing to figure out a new way to stay relevant for tomorrow. Mm. I think that's sort of been the number one takeaway for me is how do you how do you innovate? How do you take some of that, what you learned in another vertical, and bring it into, into your vertical? What what uh, what's your target audience? I mean, it's just you normally I wouldn't ask this question to an author, but who 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 reads this book and who needs it the most? It's a great question. I mean, the 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 truth is, I want leaders and future leaders. I mean, if you're listening to this this podcast, mm-hmm. you're it. I mean, you're right. curious about the world. You're curious about entrepreneurship. You want to be better. Maybe you're frustrated with leadership at your company. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are the leader, and like there's like a I mean, like a, a blip in the belief system inside the organization that you want people to be better. I mean, you're the person that needs to take this book. And, you know, I know you've already talked about courage in your mind, but like we spend all this time on goal set, right? Right now, this is the time you would be doing goal setting for 2021. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we take that goal set and we think about the skill set 
that goes with the goal set. Like who can pull this off? Mm-hmm. And we're spending little to no time on the mindset. Right. Get the mindset right. Like for the resilience that's needed to take on this particular journey. And this was why I had to leave my last life because I could bring a courageous idea to market. Mm. But if the company didn't have the mindset to go on that journey, mm-hmm. we could deliver the perfect road strategic roadmap for them. But the organization itself didn't have the metal right. to pull it off. Like, well, what's what good is this courageous idea? It's a waste of time for everybody on both mm-hmm. sides. That's where I was like, okay, if I'm going to write a book about courage, I think I need to live it. And, you know, the joke was a little bit on, on me, Terrence, because I wrote this book thinking I was positioning my last company and everything I learned along the way pretty much gave me the courage to fire myself mm-hmm. and to start courageous. And now I'm just trying to design the life where I'm working with companies that we say the courage to re, like if you want to reimagine what tomorrow looks like or right. rethink an idea or re-energize that team, that means there's a change that's coming. And wouldn't you rather drive that change than have change drive you? Mm. Yeah, my my uh, my book's about recreating yourself. So when and I, I did a lot of I met a, a big drinker. I drank enough to float a battleship, but I ended up getting liver failure, and and then um, they want to send me to rehab, and they say, oh, well, you got to rehabilitate yourself. So all that means is, by definition, talk about the, it means restore something back to its original condition. I was like, well, that's kind of busted up. That's kind of what got me here. And and recreating something, by definition, means making something, bringing something into existence that's never existed before, something new. And I think that's what, you know, what courage, the courage to do something new and different, um, you know, like you've done, you've left up probably a high pain. I've seen some of the ad campaigns you worked on. You were a player in that world to to go and be an entrepreneur cold, you know, with your tools. uh, That takes courage. So you're... You're at the front of the pack. That's that's our audience. Our audience are entrepreneurs who are either they're all creative, they tend to be, and they all are ready for another step. And sometimes you know, you gotta you gotta get that um, you know get everything in alignment with you. So you share your. I, I remember I know your formula. Share share what what one would do to become more courageous and further to 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 live their life uh, or drive their company or both. Well, I love the word that you used, alignment, because I, I, in some ways I've described myself as a change mechanic. Like we're, mm. we're going to look under the hood of this this vessel, this brand, and or a person, mm. and, I, and we're going to try to give you the tools to get the, the the company yourself back in alignment. And and um, you know the the question that should be asked to me is, okay, if knowledge, faith, and action is your definition of courage, then well, which knowledge should I be following? Mm. You know, how do I build faith, whether it's inside your organization or inside yourself? We're going to need a whole other episode on that one. Right. Boy. And then where do you take action? And so imagine me sort of nine months, six to nine months into the process of the book. And now is the next question. It's like, okay, I like this construct, but like, let's go deeper. And I think we talked to tears about know your why, find your why. Mm. But if I'm an entrepreneur, I want to know how, like, what's the how? Mm. How do I actually be more courageous. So like I said, I never thought I'd be a guy with the method. The idea is there's a price. There's a price of courage and price is an acronym. It stands for prioritize, rally, identify, commit, and execute. And Mm -hmm. 
prioritize and rally are what I would call the organizational health steps. And the first step is prioritize through values. And mm-hmm. I am a broken record on saying, if you don't know what you stand for, you, know, you never know when to take a stand. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Core values, they're, they're not eye rolls. They're how the exceptional roll. And they take the emotion out of the decision-making even now, like if you haven't thought once about your values during this pandemic, you mm. probably have the wrong values and it's time to reevaluate those values. And Terrence, I'll send this to you or we, they, your audience could send it to me. I will gladly send the values assessment. And it's Ryan Berman at couragebrands.com mm. to whatever cool. listener wants it. Yeah, we'll put, it in the, we'll put it in the notes. And, um, you know, I can tell you like when I didn't have that clarity on even my own personal values, the amount of time wasted on dumb things or the wrong people through the roof. Um, mm. Now that I have them, every decision I make is through them. By the way, my phone, uh, when my alarm goes off in the morning, I've changed the labels to see my values as a trigger and affirmation to how I start my day. Mm. So as a company, you know, how are you making decisions? If you've got multiple offices, right now you've got hundreds of thousands of offices because all, of your, all your employees are working from home. Right. Do they know how they should be behaving? That's the point of the values. Yeah, I did. I watched your uh, break the glass first presentation, and I kind of I was I was thinking I had a little couple of minutes between my meetings. I'm like, what are my values? You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's some people say, oh, I you know, family, travel, books, help, you know, learning, teaching. But it was you know, that's those are just the means to the end. The value was love, contribution, yeah. and uh, and and growth. You know, what was so number that, two. Uh, contribution. Yeah, just learn something, teach something, and then you know, which which I get that through traveling books. When I travel the world, meet people like you, that's all. Like this is a very strategic. Uh, obviously, if you know podcast, I think you got one too, right? They don't make yes. much money. This is a contribution. Yeah. We're putting stuff out there to help people, and maybe at the end later on, maybe we'll get hired for something. Who knows? But that was you know, love my family. Was, I'm here for them. You know, that's my value to do to love my friends and family and to grow. So that was like an exercise that that uh, you prompted me just to bring courage and you know value based courage into um, you know into the front of my mind just for a quick minute. You know, it was very very helpful. And like, imagine going through New York City, that ringer for me. You know, love is like squeezed out of you. You almost <laughs> feel like you're back in some high school version. And you know, that was the, like I said, like I felt like I had lost myself to be honest. And mm. Like one percent of at a time over 20 years being in the service business. And this book really gave me the opportunity to go chop metaphorical wood and get Mm -hmm. myself strong and figure out why am I wired the way that I'm wired? And if I'm a leader and you're responsible for leading others, how can you do that if you can't lead yourself first? So the idea of the book is, is that maybe we're you don't don't even realize yourself sabotaging yourself. And if you can get clear on yourself, you can, figure out who you surround yourself with. And then we move into the R, which is rally believers. And mm. I think you, you even make believers or fake believers and fake believers don't wear a t-shirt around the office that says fake believers. Mm. They just sort of nod and smile and collect mm. the paycheck and then roll their eyes or worse, talk behind your back and right. it messes with your culture. So the idea of the values is to is to put that out into the world to attract the right type of people that share your values, but bring breadth of experience. And then, you know, again, as Phil Knight says uh, from Nike, belief is irresistible. Mm. The idea, once you believe 
And if people uh, buy in and believe and are willing to go the distance, the ceiling on the whole organization just rises. And maybe, maybe my existence and this whole thing, if you're listening right now, is there's probably someone on your team who is absurdly talented but a fake believer. And having the courage to move on from that person who's messing with your culture and your organization, this is the time to have that conversation. Coming out of this pandemic, whenever that might be, like, come out healthy. Come out with a, an organization that's all playing on the same team. And the world is hard enough with all the gravity that's already there. I, I get rid of any sort of toxic fake believer. It doesn't matter how talented they are. It's probably time to move on. Oh, man, that's good advice. I could just play that 60-second loop right there. And a lot of people say a lot of heartache and time. Uh, once you have it, you got to chop it out of your life. Um, how, do, how does someone get your book? Let's, uh, let's figure out how we get people to get awareness of, of courage. But before you say that, I just had a, I just had a uh, we did a show two shows ago, Steve, right? We did uh, 22 Immutable oh, yeah. Laws of Marketing. I don't know if you remember that book. So this book's from the 90s. And, and one, one, one immutable law that, that came into mind, and first thing I thought of when I looked at your stuff was you know, owning a space, a word in someone's mind as a marketing, like Mercedes owns engineering, Volvo owns safety, FedEx owns overnight, Domino's owns pizza. Like, do you see yourself owning courage in the, in the space of the, of, of the entrepreneur leader? I think we have to acknowledge the godmother of courage, which is Brene Brown. Mm. I think she, the work that she's done, and I've studied her like back and forth, and, and I'm like amazed of what she's been able to do. And so I, I kind of try to pick up where she, I don't think she left off anywhere, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty much a permission slip for hard conversation about change. I think that's where you need courage. And so to go full loop on the, the question, yeah, I think when you're ready, for courage, like when you need courage. And, and courage is an odd word because it's it's not a cherry on top word. Like you need it in the messy middle of decision making to mm -hmm. ultimately get to something meaningful. So courage is a journey word. Mm. Like if you hold firm in that messiness and say sometimes it's no, we're gonna stay firm on this, or mm -hmm. nope, we're gonna move, whatever it might be. Right. Right. The 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 discipline that's needed and the clarity that's needed is to land on something meaningful and it can't just be meaningful to you. It needs to be meaningful to whoever it is that you're pushing, whether that's your staff or your product and whatnot. So mm. yeah. Do I want to be known as the guy that's helping you drive forward with change? And it takes courage to do that. Like if you want to be put on a path to become a, a courageous company or mm. courageous leader or courageous reinvention, then yeah, I accept that challenge. And, and by the way, it does, it resonates with me, like because I like I look back at all the stuff that I've done. I think this is why this this conversation works. All the things that, that you've done too. I mean, you you're clearly living the premise of, of courageous as well. Oh, thank you. What is the opposite of courage? The opposite of courage is coward. I thought so. You you shared the brackets between a brand that's cowardly and a brand that's courageous. That's Talk a little bit about I, I I really connected with that because you can have the world's greatest idea and you leave it in the closet nothing nothing happens. I think I think a coward brand is worse than a stasis brand because a stasis brand may not have the knowledge to know. Mm. A coward brand, you know what you should do, you may even feel it's the right thing, and yet you don't take action on that idea. And if I'm a leader, this is where leaders get it wrong. You are not just being watched by your board. You're being watched by your staff. And if someone is talented 
to scent out that you know the right move and you didn't pull it off, hmm. you are a coward, and that person will not stick around long term. Wow. And the courageous leaders, they know what to do. Doesn't mean they, that it's going to work great. I, but I should share my favorite T-shirt with you, and I wear it sometimes on stage. So, I despise fake it till you make it. I think it's mm. terrible advice. Whoever came up with it, <laughs> uh, I like mistake it till you make it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, look, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to we're going to mess it up. We're going to bumble this all the way through. So, you got to create enough per, like landing and space and coverage for your mm. team to feel psychologically safe to to mistake it till you make it and take those things that you learn and push them forward. Yeah, that was Edison. The mistake learner's high. You know, you just yeah. loved the mistakes. You know, Jordan missed the most shots. Bruce struck out the most. I heard Einstein. I just read made a ton of mistakes. He made the small errors in the in the in the equations, like relatively, relatively, <laughs> relativity. Speaking <laughs> of mistakes, <laughs> I make mistakes a lot there you too. Go, you get the high now. Yeah, yeah. We'll fake it till you make it. But uh, yeah, he was <laughs> making the basic addition mistakes. He was making really elementary mistakes. That he had this theory. He was just rushing through. That's really good advice. I love it. Cowardly, you know, get out of the coward. Own courage. How does someone uh, get a hold of your books and follow you on on social? Or what is? How does someone get a hold of you? A company? Yeah. Again, uh, by the way, I love this stuff. So I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on the show and mm. connect with your viewers. And if someone has a question for me, they can find me. Uh, the book is at returnoncourage.com. Or I'm not sure if you're familiar with the company called Amazon. It's mm. sold there as well. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. Send me an email, Ryan Berman at CourageBrands.com. I will get to it at some point, I promise you. And uh, like anyone that's on their path, you know, like again, that without conflict, you know, there isn't going to be any courage and vice versa. Without courage, there is no change. So mm. have fun with it. Give yourself permission to mistake it till you make it and mm. uh, go get them. Love it. Thanks, Ryan. And that's it. Ryan Berman, Return on Courage. Take care. Thanks, guys. <laughs>